Wicked Smart Sports Guys is brought to you by SemiSpatteries.com. As always, the go-to website for all your battery needs. SemiSpatteries carries a full line of super heavy-duty ultra-alkaline lithium and button cell batteries. SemiSpatteries compares in quality to well-known national brands, and the best part? SemiSpatteries are priced much lower than their competitors. Flashlights, remote controls, gaming controls, headphones, digital cameras, hearing aids, smoke alarms, whatever device you need a battery for, Semi has the best batteries at the best price for your device. Order a 24-pack of AA or AAA heavy-duty batteries for only $5.99 or a 24-pack of ultra-alkaline, ideal for all kinds of gaming and high-tech devices at just $12.99. Order today and use coupon code BOSTON, that's coupon code BOSTON, all uppercase, and save 20% off your entire order. Once again, let's go to Boston, all the case at checkout and say big today, semispatteries.com, C-E-L-M-A-X-Batteries.com, the official sponsor of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys podcast. Thanks as always to Dollar Dreams for the intro music. This week, we're talking once again to the founder of Bannertown USA, the original... From the Rafters Prod podcast, we should say as well, uh, Jack Simone. Jack, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. I love coming back. All right, so Jack, we're just going to talk about last night's win. I have a few quick questions. So I'm going I'm to do some rapid fire stuff for you. I'm going to fire you a quick, uh, at least one or two quick questions to you. Game of the year. Was it the game of the year? For the Celtics, I'd say so. I can't, nothing in my memory, maybe that opening night against the Bucks, but nothing comes to immediate mind uh, before that one. Even the Blazers, but the last couple have been really good. Yeah, Celtics Bucks was pretty good. Again, I I think I'm the same as you. Off the top of my head, I'd have to go back, but that one had to be up there. And even I I think you know we said for the Celtics. I mean that's that's certainly uh, we're saying that's certainly the case. It might even be the case across the entire league. Yeah, I mean realistically, it could be. I haven't been keeping up too too much. I know there've been a few good games. I know the Hornets have been in a few just because I've watched their games as well. But uh, yeah, I, I mean it definitely has a case for for game of the year. It's just missing that buzzer beater. Uh, Steph could have given it to him, but I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, and I I think even like ESPN tweeted out like how you know the game was was possibly in in the game of the year territory. So. You know, certainly that uh, that has to be in consideration. But, you know, I think that's question number one. Question number two, just what do you think of Jabari Parker? Just quick quick thoughts on Jabari Parker's uh, first first game with with Boston. I mean, Brad Stevens and Marcus Smart both talked about him post-game in their interviews. I thought he had a great debut. He did exactly what the team wanted from him, considering he quite literally doesn't know any of the plays any of the defensive schemes he just kind of jumped in and did whatever he needed to do he shot i think he only missed one shot it was like four for five maybe five for six on the day i can't remember exactly but yeah it was it was five for six yeah so he, he played his role perfectly he cut to the basket he didn't he, he did exactly what the team needed him to do and a plus first game as a celtic and i can imagine it'll only get better from here yeah, it was really, really impressive. And I think, you know, when I was talking about what, what to expect from Jabari Parker, I was kind of, I think the ceiling was like nine points per game, eight, eight or nine points per game. And the 11 last night was, you know, incredible. I think he shot one three, he was just 0 for 1 on the night. Um, he missed one of those free throws. but uh, and, and, you know, there were some other moments um, people kind of complained about. Uh, I think that his first two uh Plays of the game were, were both turnovers, so that wasn't great. But he had no turnovers after that, uh, so that was that was good. And um, you know, it, it, I think that you should have expected him to be a little more rusty, considering he's played three games and in very limited limited minutes in the last eight months. But he wasn't. He looked really good out there. 
Um, and it makes you question even more what was going on with the Kings and why he wasn't seeing the floor much. But, uh, you know, for the as far as the Celtics are concerned, that was a great debut considering all the circumstances. And, I mean, I think he was the second reason behind Tatum why they won that game. You can also argue Kemba's in that mix, but, like, if they don't get what they get from Jabari Parker, if he doesn't play last night, which would have been completely understandable since he just signed... I don't think they win that game. No, yeah. I mean, Kemba and Smart obviously played their part to the T, but in terms of getting production from places that you didn't expect to get it, especially with guys like Evan Fournier, Jalen Brown, Robert Williams out, Jabari Parker played that role to a T. He did exactly what he needed to do. In terms of like his time in Sacramento, I thought it was really weird. I don't really know what Luke Walton was doing. I know he had the issue right before the bubble where he was seen, you know, practicing out in a park without a mask and he actually caught COVID so he couldn't travel with the team. So there was that whole issue, but that doesn't really explain the fact that he only played, I think, nine total games in his two years in Sacramento. And before that was a pretty effective NBA player. So the whole situation's weird. I think it's a great signing for the Celtics. I know Brad Stevens was talking about how it's a plan for the future rather than just the now, hence the two-year contract. So uh, guy's only 26. I'm excited to see what he can do with this team. Yeah, I was actually looking into that, and I think that, you know, it's nice of them to say that, and I'm sure that's part of why they signed him to the two-year deal. But I think that there was also a mechanic within that deal that made it so that if they signed him to a two-year deal, they actually stayed under the tax. That's what I saw. That's what USA Today said in one of their articles. So um, that's interesting. Something that's something to think about too. Um, and his defense, you know, wasn't great. Some somebody said, you know, he gave up two easy layups early. I think only one of those you could really say was completely his fault. One was only like half his fault. There were other players in the area that should should contest him better. But uh, either way, you know, that's not what he's here for. He's here for quick offense, and he really gave that to you. And you know. A couple, two or three great plays on the offensive glass, too. And the big one to me was when he read that Marcus Smart air ball. And I was like, oh, he he already knows his teammates so well. He was able to read that Marcus Smart air ball right off the, you know, right off the shot and, and put that back for two. And that was that was a big moment, too. So that, that was a big play and one of those big plays down the stretch. And it was interesting because they said, oh, yeah, that they're bringing Jabari Parker back in. So that, you know, Draymond Green can't be that kind of rover and, and uh, mess everything up. And he actually has someone he has to guard. And I was thinking, like, because, you know, you know Draymond Green and how kind of much of a trash talker is. And he, he wouldn't, I, I'm sure he would be like, oh, I have to go to Bright Parker. Like, that's but it, he was actually a big factor down the stretch because of that. And, and it was, it was true. I mean, you wouldn't think that Jabari Parker would be someone that the best defender on the other team has to, you know, sacrifice what what he's doing that's really disrupting the game for but he was and that was huge yeah and like i said especially with jalen brown out you needed a guy that can score the ball to some degree and jabari jabari parker sorry played that role uh well regardless of whether or not he's an actual you know you know 20 point per game or whatever threat obviously not but uh i I compare him to evan fournier in the sense that they're a guy that can't really play defense too too well they can hold their own but they're not like known for their defense but the one thing they can do is score the ball pretty well and that makes the other defense think and that's something the celtics didn't really have too too much in terms of role players and now they have two of them which is a big w in my opinion yeah and parker this season by the way do you want to guess how many minutes he's played total before last night I know he only appeared in like three games, and I know one of them was only one minute. So I have to imagine it's like less than 15, maybe like nine minutes total. Something not good. Well, a little off. It's 27 minutes total. Okay. He appeared for appeared for two minutes against Charlotte. I suppose that's why you remember that one, Jack. Yep. <laughs> oh, actually, you know what? You know what's funny? 
two minutes against Charlotte on its birthday. So I guess Sacramento was just like, all right, all right, it's your birthday. That's so unfortunate. We'll, we'll put you out there for two <laughs> minutes. Uh, and then he played uh, just under nine minutes against Chicago. And his big one game of the season, really, which is kind of funny to say, was uh, 16 minutes. That was his high so far this season where he played, um, he scored six points against Milwaukee. Uh, so that was kind of his former team. So, and I think Chicago, Chicago's his hometown. So there's like a little silly, dumb reason why he played against all those teams. His birthday, his hometown, and his former team. So, uh, you know, I think even that, that those kind of things that I'm pointing out here, make it even more clear that like Sacramento really didn't want to play this guy at all. Which didn't really make sense to me considering the rest of their roster. It's not like they're an amazing team. I feel like he could have helped them to some degree, but maybe, I mean, that's why I'm not a coach, I guess. I don't, I don't know what was going on there. Yeah, and, and one of the things that I, I like about this signing is the fact that Evan Turner's here because, and I think Keith Smith kind of alerted me to this in, in some ways. He, he, he made it more point about Brad Stevens and how Brad Stevens can help uh, Jabari Parker like he helped Evan Turner. I, I think it's it's going to be more beneficial to Jabari Parker to have Evan Turner here, a guy that, you know, both former number two picks, both wanted to be kind of bigger stars in their career than they're ultimately going to end up being. But Turner found his way and found, you know, how, how to be a really effective role player in the league. And I think that, you know, the, the hope is that he can mentor Jabari Parker here and help him do the same. Yeah, and Brad Stevens mentioned, you know, wanting to use Jabari Parker as mainly a cutter and a passer. And if that doesn't scream Evan Turner, uh, I don't really know what does. So I think that's the perfect fit right there. Yeah, and we'll see. We'll see how it, how it goes uh, you know, moving forward. I think that we, we, you know, we talked on the pregame shows a while ago about, you know, what are they going to, uh, you know, what's it going to look like? You know, how, what's a playoff rotation going to look like, right? And we really questioned who that ninth guy was going to be. And we didn't know. And we said, well, it's up for grabs with a lot of these guys. I think now Jabari Parker is, I, I thought before that game, he was going to be, you know, in the, the lead for, for that spot and in pole position for that spot. Now he's, he's uh, like very much, a, you know, the guy that you look at and say, it's going to be hard to, to imagine that it's not him come playoff time who's, who's getting those minutes. And now suddenly your bench rotation is, you know, uh, Peyton Pritchard at the one, M48 at the two. You got Parker at the four and Thompson at the five. And you know you have so many wings that you can interchange between different spots that that's really all you need. You know, that's uh, that's perfect right there. You can put, you know, Tatum up to the three when you need to, Brown up to the two, Smart to two or three. You know, Brown can obviously Tatum play three, four, you know. And, uh, you know, you have M48 can play the two and the threes too. So it's, it's I think... That is that is perfect, you know, that you you have your kind of perfect rotation now almost. Yeah, I have to imagine Pritchard, Parker, Fournier, Tristan Thompson will make up the bench uh, for the majority of the playoffs. And if you need spot minutes at one of those positions, you throw in Romeo, you throw in Grant, you throw in Cornette, and that really patches up all the holes the Celtics have. Um, whether or not it's exactly what they envisioned in Jabari Parker being one of their guys, I don't know. Uh, does he fit that role well? Yes. Um, is it exactly what you would want off the bench? Maybe not because of the defense, but in terms of where the Celtics were before the trade deadline uh, to where they are now, especially in terms of the you know, six-game winning streak they're on, uh, I'm pretty happy with the way the team's turned out. Well, I know that you know Jabari's never going to be a really good defender, but I think that even last night, despite 
the fact that it wasn't great. I I thought that you could see him kind of trying out there. You know, he he was he was giving a little bit of effort, and you know, hopefully he can improve a, a little bit here and be you know a a compliment like just just a a half decent defender or something you know something around that. And if that's the case, then he'll be a great bench piece. Like I know you're saying, well, it's not you know the perfect bench guy because he can't defend. Well, if you're the bench guy, you probably aren't an all around player, you know, for the most part. So if he can score like he did last night or, or close to that and play with and you know just play you know at, like a little bit bit below average defense then that's fine that's a that's a really good bench piece to me and i i honestly i do think their bench is coming together very very nicely you got your sixth man in m fournier peyton pritchard can also score a little bit and be your backup point guard and still young thompson's that veteran presence you know rebounding you hope you can play a little better defense and jabari parker's that next you know scoring threat and i i like I'm I'm serious. I'm I, and I don't know if you disagree with me, but I do think like their bench is perfect right now. No, yeah, I think it's great. I, I really like the bench. Um, the one places I could see Romeo Grant and I, I don't think Cornette as much because Thompson and Robert Fine, but uh, those kind of guys stepping in is if you do need a defensive guy in the lineup and you know you figure oh I have enough scoring with Tatum and Brown or whoever's out there. I, I need an extra defensive wing instead of a Fournier or Parker. Brad has those options to throw the spot minutes in there. But in, in terms of overall the bench, having Jabari and Evan Fournier as the lead guys, it, it's definitely ideal and better than what it has been in the past couple years regardless of how good the team is overall in terms of record all right now let's talk about tatum a little bit and let's 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 just talk from start from the same point of tatum versus curry because that was an amazing amazing battle and it was kind of reminiscent of what we saw last year in the playoffs between like jamal murray and donovan mitchell where it's just like two players doing it all like can't stop scoring and leading their teams to the bitter end, and you know one of them comes out on top, and it was it was just incredible. It was incredible what those guys were able to both do last night, and I was I mean I was in awe by from from both of them the shots they were making. It was uh, you know as much as we said that it was the game of the year, it might have been like the. <laughs> the battle of the year just between those two players no yeah i mean brad stevens said post game you always feel like you're about to be the next line in a fairy tale when you play steph curry which is an elite quote first of all and second of all as much as i disliked watching steph curry beat the celtics i never complain when i get to watch steph curry play basketball he truly is just a generational talent he changed the game i mean some of those shots he were making were ridiculous like grant williams was playing some really 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 good defense on him and he just acted like grant wasn't even there and then yeah all three of his big shots were against grant williams really like he had that step back on the wing he had that ridiculous you know high arcing thing in the corner at the end of the game then he had that one that went absolutely viral where he kind of chucked it up, got fouled, and kind of threw the ball in the basket. And then as for Jason Tatum, I mean, you saw some of the defense Wiggins was playing on him. He just, again, acted like the guy wasn't even there. It was just ridiculous what Tatum was able to do. These high arcing shots in the post, these getting to, he, he was driving to the lane as if the Warriors just had no defense on the floor he was just getting whatever he wanted like you said donovan mitchell jamari murray that's the perfect analysis like it's just two guys that can do whatever they want on the floor and the whole game plan is okay stop the rest let them do their thing okay jack i'm gonna need you to actually come to my apartment and i'm gonna need you to hold hold me back because i am uh i'm, I'm livid at this point i'm furious i'm checking all nba team predictions bleacher report put out their all nba team predictions and Jason Tate, this was uh, this was just four days ago. 
Jason Tatum isn't on the first team. <laughs> oh, man. And he isn't on the second team. Oh. And he isn't on the third team. <laughs> really? This is not okay. This is not okay. Man, who who are the... I'm curious to hear the front court then. Who's who's the forwards there? The first team forwards are Giannis and Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard. Okay. Wait. We'll get into we'll get into specifics on that in a second. First team forwards are Giannis and Kawhi Leonard. Okay. Second mm-hmm. team forwards are LeBron James and Paul George. Okay. And the third team forwards are Kevin Durant and Zion Williamson. Okay. <clears throat> Interesting. <laughs> few snubs you could argue there <laughs> yeah huh i mean first and foremost zion is obviously the you know guy right there that's like okay this guy doesn't really deserve to be on a team his team sucks he's putting up ridiculous numbers i'll admit he, he's playing great basketball but he's the 11 seed and they missed the play and i think that's absurd uh second of all off the top of my head obviously jason tatum um i'd put jason tatum over kevin durant even considering durant hasn't played half the season uh, LeBron James has missed significant time, although he's LeBron, so he should be on a team. Kawhi and Giannis, I can't really complain about too, too much, so th- they're fine in my eyes. Um, second team was Paul George and LeBron. Yep, I can't complain about those guys. But the third team, if it were up to me, um, I'd throw probably Tatum and Julius Randle on there. Um, Julius Randle getting snubbed too. I'll throw him some love as, uh, along with uh, our guy Tatum. But yeah, the Durant and Zion, I disagree with. I think that's kind of ridiculous. That's the media right there. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, you know why I looked this up? Because I was about to make a a kind of argument that Tatum might be might be deserving of a first team spot. I'm not even joking. I was gonna I was gonna try to do it. I was gonna try to look at it and say, is he getting you know is he going to be you know you know in that conversation because of the way he's been playing recently. And I felt like, you know, I, I don't think he would have made it ultimately if he put a gun to my head. I don't think I would have ultimately picked him for that spot. But I think, like, they had uh, Kawhi Leonard and Giannis, all right, for those spots. I think Giannis, fine, fine. You, you, you know, Giannis, you got, probably got to put on there. Kawhi, I think that maybe, you know, you can you can, you can argue those, those two. I think that that's debatable right now. Uh, you know, I think the Clippers haven't had the best season either. And Kawhi's averaging, you know, a few more assists per game. Obviously, his defense is incredible. But Tatum's, you know, caught up to him in points. And, I, you know, there's at least an argument to be made there. At least a little bit of an argument. I think Tatum loses it. But if they continue on this kind of stretch, then I think, honestly, like, just, just imagine for me this view of Tatum. Averages 29 points per game for the rest of the season. And the Celtics... Keep winning, and they solidify themselves as the four seed. Maybe even get close to that three seed. I think that he has a legit case to be put over Kawhi Leonard. I really do. So, and 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 all those other players for that matter. Yeah, especially with the injuries to LeBron and KD. I think it's it's Giannis definitely deserves first team. That's uh, he's always going to be on first team as long as he's in the NBA, uh, unless he's like old and decrepit but <laughs> Kawhi Leonard's a tough argument to make there definitely is one like you said especially if Tatum does carry the Celtics to you know only four and a half games out of that third seed right now KJ so it's not like they're miles and miles away anymore um there's definitely an argument there's definitely an argument to be made if he can keep this you know level of play up and the best part about it is uh when Brown scored his 40 point game Tatum only scored 14 points but no one was talking about it because the whole team was effective he just needs to continue to 
play good when it matters the most and just play his role if the Celtics are winning. Do you know what I'm saying? That's all he has to do in order to get him, you know, more talked about about being on these All-NBA teams. I mean, that is abhorrent. Having Not having him on the team at all as any of the teams is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, I mean, comparing him to Paul George right now, Paul George is only averaging 23.6 points per game. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't see the case for Paul George ahead of him right now. I just don't. They're two-point percent. They're two-point percent. I mean, Paul George is shooting electric from three, but I think they're they're both. I mean, I guess Paul George is a little bit better defensively, but Tatum's averaging more rebounds, more points. Like, I, I, I can't pull up the steals and assists here, but I, I'm sure Paul George's are higher. I just, I... I don't understand why this Jason Tatum is not more, you know, more seriously talking about. I mean, certainly over Zion. I think, like you said it yourself, LeBron and uh, Kevin Durant, just they're they're not going to have played enough to like, they might deserve a spot, but when usually they'd be in the conversation for first team, like, okay, how many games is Jason? And and keep in mind, he missed some time for COVID. Okay, so we're going to keep that in mind. Uh, significant amount of time. How many games do you think Jason Tatum has played this season? How many games have the Celtics played? They've played 57, I see. So Tatum probably played 49, 46, something around there. Tatum has played 51 games. Okay. How many games do you think Kevin Durant <laughs> has has started in this season? Kevin Durant started in. Oh, man. The Nets have played. Let me look. Quick math. 56 games. Kevin Durant starts, what, 20 so far? 21. Yep. <laughs> 21 games yeah less than half of what Tatum did and you're telling me that he deserves to be on the first team over Jason Tatum yeah that's yeah, based on what playing playing less than half the time and by the way he's played 23 I don't know why he came up benching those other two but that that is ridiculous that is just a, a, a ridiculous argument LeBron James well, how many games has he played so far this season maybe what 35 maybe something like that yeah 41 okay five. yeah 41 41 games I mean, look, these guys, I think if they if their numbers were over the course of a full season, yes, you would put them ahead of Tatum, not a question. But LeBron, as the games kind of pile up, if if, Le- if Tatum ends up playing, I don't know, and anywhere over 20 games more than LeBron did, I think you have to start really thinking about putting him over LeBron on, on an All-NBA team. I really do. And, you know, again, I, I talked about the other guys already. Kawhi, Paul George, I don't. I don't, I don't love over Tatum. I think Kawhi fine, but I, I really, I don't know. I, this this is a frustrating to me. I think Tatum, it, you know, and, and the forward spot I think is always one of the toughest every year to pick. It's it's almost as tough as the guard spot. As deep as I think guard is, forward is is almost just as deep. But you know, it's it's even even with all that uh, said, I think that it's it's really hard. To look at this and say Jason Tatum should not uh, should not be on here at all. I mean, and and by the way, I looked at the steals and the blocks too. Um, Tatum averaging the same amount of steals per game as Paul George and just zero point one fewer blocks, so almost nothing. And Paul George has played eight fewer games. I mean, really, it, <laughs> I think there's there's no question in my mind whatsoever that Tatum belongs on 
probably at least the second team. Yeah, and I feel like as the season goes on, we'll see him get a bump in those numbers. I think right now the only thing holding both of the Clippers guys ahead of Tatum, especially Paul George, is the fact that the team has been so much more consistent. I mean, they have a much better record right now, but with the way the Celtics are trending, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Celtics, you know, jump up a little bit, see Tatum uh, jump up a little bit in those voting things, especially what he's been doing in his like player of the week, 31 points a game, stuff like that. Um, I, I assume he'll be on a team by the end of the season, and if he's not, then <laughs> we'll have a different conversation. But um, I, I have to imagine he'll get a bump in those voting numbers soon. Ugh, it's just ridiculous. I'm I'm furious at this. All right. Anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll go back to what we were talking about. Uh, the game last night, and, and by the way, I mean I should say the game last night didn't factor into it, but uh, it was through April 12th. So his his 50 point game, 53 point game, absolutely played a factor in that, and they were still winning. At a great level uh, prior to that, so so that really annoys me. But anyways, I, I digress. Uh, the performance. I mean, I think Tatum even said after the game that Steph Curry gave him props. And going up against a player like Steph Curry, like that is not an easy task. You know, that is that is uh, arguably the best player in the NBA right now uh, with how he's been playing over the last you know week or two. It might not not even be an argument. You know, and I think that that you know there, there was some uh, stat out there that the ne- the player with the second most games with 10 or more three-pointers hit was Clay Thompson uh, for their career. And he's had five games with 10 or more three-pointers made. I believe that was what the stat said. And Steph Curry's done that uh, five times this season. <laughs> so it's, it's just, it's one of those stats where it's kind of like when uh, they, they throw like Russell Westbrook's triple doubles up and you're like, yeah, the next closest is like, you know, um, in like, you know, a hundred spots behind him or whatever it is. Like, yeah, like Russell Westbrook, uh, you know, Oscar Robinson's the last person to average a triple double and he did it in like the sixties and Westbrook's done it like three or four times. And you can argue Curry's, you know, I mean, people will, will not like that comparison because, uh, Curry's like a, a way better player than Westbrook right now. But you know, it's, I think, I think they're comparable a little bit. I mean, it's not like Curry's team is in fourth, fifth place. He's, He's fighting for an eight seed just like Westbrook's team was. So, uh, you know, not to discredit what he's doing at all. I just, I, I, I think it's that kind of statistical milestone. You know, I think Westbrook maybe doesn't even get enough credit for him. But it's it, it reminds me of that, of like, yeah, yeah, so far ahead of the rest of the field. No, yeah, 100%. I know what you're talking about. And I remember the stat you're referencing, too. It was on the broadcast. Uh, Steph has like 20, 10 point, or I'm sorry, 10 three-pointer games. Clay has five, and that's the next most. And then it's like J.R. Smith and Zach Levine with like two or something ridiculous. So it's insane to see what Steph Curry has been able to do over this past like five-game stretch. I know he's shooting above 50, like 3% from deep on like 15 attempts a game, which is absurd. The threes that he make that he's able to make is unlike anything I've ever seen. It's just, he's in a league of his own in terms of shooting and <clears throat> carrying a team there's not many guys who can carry a team like he can yeah absolutely and and the fact that Tatum outdueled him was was really special and I think it was one of those you know next milestones in his career and his progression in the superstar to go toe-to-toe with Curry not only going toe-to-toe with Curry because I think we've had we've had uh many games in the past where Tatum's gone toe-to-toe with a, a superstar but the guy had an off night you know like oh Tatum takes down you know this guy but the guy had like 22 points to go toe-to-toe with Steph Curry at his best, that is something. And I think even like Mark D'Amico tweeted out this stat that Tatum was was uh, as good as Steph Curry was. Tatum had uh, I think one more made shot on two fewer attempts. Like it, you know, like 
it, it, it was an absolutely insane performance. And that shot he had at the end of the half, you know, he kind of helped lead that run that they went on to, to bring it within six, which at that time, you know, in the game, it seemed like this isn't going well. And it felt like a big deficit, but at the same time, you thought, well, you know, especially with these Warriors games, there's so much like, the, the, the you know, usually it's for the Warriors, but there, there, there's so many times that the games can be up and down and, you know, the, the scores can, can really, the teams go on runs all the time in these kind of games. And, and the Celtics just were able to go on one there and, you know, uh, take the lead and they kind of never really, you know, the game was, you know, back and forth, but they never allowed the Warriors to pull away. After that, I think their biggest lead after that was like five points in the fourth. Brad Stevens called a timeout. They pulled it back, and uh, it was pretty back and forth from there. And, you know, the Celtics were able to, to pull away. And, and it's just, I, it, it was a, a, like I said, just a big moment in Tatum's career to uh, play that way when the Celtics really, really needed him to, to in order to, to take down, you know, an all-time performance from a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, Jason Tatum's entering that next level of superstar in the end. They brought up the idea that this is around the same time last year in, in terms of like games played that Tatum started to pop off. It's like equivalent to February of last season, obviously, because of the late start and everything. So um, maybe just Tatum likes waiting till the end of the season to get hot. And hey, it's fine by me as long as you can get hot then and bring it into the playoffs. And I- I'm hoping that's what the Celtics do. Well, I wouldn't say likes to wait until the end of the season. <laughs> I would say, you know, just that's yeah. when it happens. You know, you played, you know, a little most of the season. You're getting comfortable. You're getting in a rhythm. You're you're continuing to, to work on your game and, uh, you know, f- like learn, you know, as, as players constantly are. Like you heard, I think, them say about Steph Curry last night, like, he feels like this is the best he's seeing the game. Even superstars are constantly learning new tricks and things and everything. And, and as good as Steph Curry's been in the past, he says that he's never been as on top of things as he is now. So Tatum's obviously, you know, do, doing that as well in his progression, you know, much at the earlier stages. And I think that, you know, you, that that's why you're seeing these things happen when they are. It's like you're just getting that experience and, and figuring out how, how to do things and where you're, where you're at your best. And, uh, you know, last night was just incredible. I mean, I, I don't need to tell you the numbers, but I will anyway, just for the sake of it. 44 points, 64% shooting from the field, 55% from three, 10 rebounds too. And by the way, during this stretch, I have a, this uh, tweet I wanted to send out too. Um, Jason Tatum, during this whole, whole stretch of, of crazy play, he actually had 10 rebounds in three consecutive games for the first time in his career during the regular season at least. He did it one other time. He's only had had that happen one other time in his career, and it was in the playoffs last year where he did it for five consecutive games. I think it was from like game four against Toronto to game one against Miami. So, it, I mean, just, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's just kind of another thing to throw on the pile of how absurd he's been this season. No, yeah, and I think that's the reason he's going to get some of these LNBA votes. I mean, the guys leading the Celtics to possibly the three seed most likely the four seed in the east he'll, he'll jump up in those standings and what he's doing is incredible he's a superstar blossoming before our very eyes and i think we saw that last season he's just continuing that trend this year all right well th- there's one other guy i want to talk about uh you know we, we talked about that crazy battle between jason tatum and steph curry and both playing well the celtics also don't win that game certainly without kemba walker and it was his third highest scoring game of the season and i think you know i'm not discounting that kemba's lost a little bit because of this injury but I also think, like, and I said this on Twitter, like, huh, you know, wow, look at that. So so suddenly, Kemba Walker is, you know, the second scoring option in a game, 
and he plays like it, and he's still cap- he shows he's still capable of that. And 26 points, eight rebounds, three assists, two steals. Like again, and you know, I, I don't, I'm not totally saying that because he's had other opportunities to do that, and yeah, he hasn't been this good. But when they needed him most, this game they really, really needed him. He put out one of his best games of the season, and I think you have to hope that maybe this whole season he's just been saving himself for the biggest moments. And when playoff time comes around, this is the version of Kemba Walker you're going to see or something close to it. Yeah, and the best part about it is you don't need Kemba to score 20-plus every night. You just need him to play his role and play it well. And that's what he was doing Like before this game. Obviously, he put up, what, 26, you said? So he was able to play... Uh, you know, the second scoring option roll fine with no Tatum, or I mean, no, sorry, no Brown playing, but um, when Jalen Brown does come back, he's going to take that role of secondary scorer back, and some nights, maybe Evan Fournier or Marcus Smart will score more points than Kemba, but that's fine, as long as Kemba can play the role of, okay, I need to make a shot in the fourth quarter, I can make that shot, which he did last night on a nasty step back, or I'm sorry, like pullback shot uh, that he nailed to help seal the game a little bit. Um, that, that's all you need from him. So he, he doesn't need to be this big, you know, 30 points, 25 plus point per game scorer that he was in Charlotte. He just needs to play his game, play the role. And he, he's been passing well too. So he's doing what the team needs him to do instead of just scoring all these points at will. Well, yeah, I mean, and as it pertains to last night, if, you, if you're saying that's all he needs to do, I mean, that's a lot, but he did last night, especially, you know, even no, if you're not, no, no, yeah. <laughs> even if you're not talking about the points, like, you know, <laughs> Asking him to hit a game winner or a game clincher every night's a lot too, you know? No, yeah, I just mean in terms of the passing, you know, making a couple buckets in the fourth. That, that's what he's always done, and if he can continue to do that, that's all the Celtics need him to do. All right, well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was really impressed by it. I mean, his, his shooting percentages weren't, like, you know, otherworldly, like Tatum's. I mean, 45% from the field, 36% from three. It's it, but it's good for it's good for Kemba, and you know the three point percentage. Maybe you maybe you'd like to see him hit one more there and, and tick it up a little bit. But that's that's solid. And again, it's what it's what you needed to win that game. And you know, again, I, like I, I said, I'm not trying expecting him to get 26 every night in the playoffs. But if you just be up at 20 or like like you know 18 to 22, that should be good enough to be the third scoring option on a real contender. And I think that you know you have to hope that he can he can be there. And hey, if Tatum and Brown are playing like they have this month which they're both averaging like 29 points per game. Like, I don't know about the whole month, but I think that's what the last five games have been for Jalen, around 28, 28.4, something like that. Then, look, y- y- you, you're going to be hard for anyone to beat. Yeah, and realistically, I- I'd even be happy with, you know, 15, 16 for Kemba. You know, you get those points that you're talking about from Brown and Tatum, and then the Smart's going to give you 13. Fournier could give you 13, and Jabari Parker giving you, what, 7, 8? uh hopefully maybe and then uh that's realistically what you need from those bench guys and then obviously you can account for you know a pop-off game from one of them once every once in a while but on average those scoring numbers from Kemba 15 16 I'd even be happy with as long as he can uh make the passes you know be out there uh being effective while he's on the floor and not take a ton of shots yeah and and you know you have to hope that that that's the case because when when he's playing like this he's one of the best point guards in the nba he's an all-star level point guard and that's what you're hoping to get out of that contract and look you you might only have a few years left where you can get this kind of performance out of tate out of uh, kemba rather so if that's the case then you're really going to need uh you know to make the most of it and it looks like tatum and brown are ready to do do so and i think there's really no excuse to me this season anymore to not be a contender because we argued that there were there were many things there were there were a couple things wrong with the team. I think they fixed them. 
I don't see any holes on this team anymore. You know, I, I really don't. I think they, you know, but and the, the only one to me you can argue is possibly whether or not Kemba's really full, full, full go. But if he can play like a third scoring option, then you have Tatum and Brown, your two superstars playing at a great level. You have Kemba Walker, your third scoring option. You have, uh, you know, Jabari Parker and, and Evan Fournier off the bench. So you have the bench scoring that you need. I think they have everything they need to compete for a championship. No, yeah, and I mean, if you want me to play devil's advocate here, you got, you know, like you said, Kemba Walker needs to be consistent. Maybe Robert Williams can't deal with Joel Embiid, blah, 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 all these nitpicky things. But overall, the roster is in a much, much better spot than it was at the start of the season. And they're, they're much more in line to compete in the playoffs than they were. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll see what happens come playoff time because I, I, I really do think this team has what it takes now. And especially what we've seen over the last, you know, two weeks here. I don't think they're going to keep that up, but I mean, I mean, what a run, you know, what a stretch. And they've really, they're back in the, you know, and basically uh, the, the the leaders for that fourth spot in the East. I don't know if they've quite surpassed the Hawks or if they did last night or what happened, but you know, it's, it's, they, they vaulted themselves back up there. They've, you know, cleared the, the kind of way for uh, them to be, be, you know, that, that top uh, or have home court advantage in the, in the first round, at least. And then right now it'd be the Sixers in the second round, which you know I like. You know I, I think that's good. that would be a really really good matchup for them. So, you know I I, I just I, and and it'd be tough to contain Embiid, but I think that they can get creative. And we've seen them give Embiid problems in the past. This is a different kind of Joel Embiid, but we'll see uh, what they can do against him this time. I mean, ha- like I, I I don't know. I, I, I when I look at it and in the first round, it'll be interesting to see who they get. Um, I think. I would probably prefer to see the Knicks rather than the Hawks. I think the Knicks would be an easier out uh, personally, but I, I think there's a there's a path here to at least the conference finals. Yeah, I think they can make it work as long as they avoid Brooklyn in that second round. I think there's a solid shot that they can get past that second round series, regardless of if it's Philly or Milwaukee. I'd rather play uh, Milwaukee. I know we've had that argument before, but <laughs> uh, I digress. I mean, in terms of first round, um, Atlanta, New York, Miami, Charlotte, whoever you know jumbles up and faces the Celtics in the first round I think they should be able to deal with them uh I don't want to say easily because I've learned not to take anything for granted when the Celtics play but uh they should be able to get out of that and hopefully you know give Philly or Milwaukee a good fight in the second round as long as they can avoid Brooklyn and then we'll see what happens past that but yeah there's definitely a path for them to uh, make a little run all right, Jack. Well, thank you for joining us. As always, really appreciate it. Guys, go check out, again, the original From the Rafters podcast. Not that new new fancy one, okay? And and, and go check out uh, everything over at Bannertown USA, the pregame shows, whatever else Jack's doing. Go Just go follow Jack and, and follow what he's doing because it's always great stuff. All right, uh, but Jack, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. For sure, yeah. Thank you for having me. Anytime, always. All right, guys, you can also follow me on Twitter at ByKJL. Follow the pod on Twitter at SmartPod. Check out everything over at Guy Boston Sports, especially... The Guy Boston Sports YouTube channel, which is popping off right now. And Ed's going to do a giveaway for 500 subscribers, okay? He hasn't announced it yet. He's getting mad at me that I keep saying this, and he's, he's trying to keep it under wraps. But he is doing it. And I'm, I'm not going to say what it is yet, because it hasn't, been, it hasn't been solidified or confirmed yet. But, uh, you know, let's just say you could be getting, uh, I'm not going to say super fancy, but a little fun piece of sports memorabilia, okay? I'll say that. It's, not, it's nothing too extravagant, but I'm sure it's something that you'd want to get your hands on that you'd like, okay? I, I, I'm, I'm positive about that. And, uh, you know, it might, 
I don't know what's a what's a what's a way I can give a little bit of clue without giving it away in case it's not this. Let's just say that um, when you when you see what this item would be potentially, you will be nodding in excitement. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's 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 the that's my clue. Okay, is what what it could be. But uh, thank you guys for doing this. So head over to the Gary Boston Sports YouTube channel and subscribe if you want to be part of that giveaway. Hey, it's free. It's a free thing. If anything, you know, listen. Uh, you should subscribe. You should stay subscribed. But I'm gonna give you a little bit of a. Uh, I'll give you a free pass. Look, it's just it's dumb not to subscribe. Just go subscribe to it, and then if you don't want to stay subscribed, you can unsubscribe. But be part of the giveaway at least. You could get a free item. And hey, while you're subscribed, while you're waiting for the giveaway, if you're tuning for a few shows, if you like it, stick around. You know, because it's it's only gonna get better from here. But thank you guys so much uh, for everything, all the support, and we'll see you guys next week.